Welcome to episode four of the Golfer and Yogini podcast, where we talk about subjects that we are passionate about. My name is Kevin, and I'm the golfer. And my name is Mallory, and I'm the Yogini. On this podcast, we get to talk with a jewelry maker and a super cool lady, also a really awesome friend of mine by the name of Heather Hauser. Heather talks about what it means to create a business around passion and how sometimes it can be amazing and other times it can turn out to be work. Um, and what she shares with us in this episode is her dance between the two. That's a very cool conversation with Heather. I'm really excited to release this episode of the podcast. <laughs> I think there is a mention of Kanye in there at some point. That's right. <laughs> I totally something, forgot about that. Something to look forward to. Oh, that's going to, oh, that was one of the best parts of that conversation. <laughs> Uh, anyways, this episode is brought to you by Easy Golf League. If you belong to a golf club and or are a manager of a golf league or golf club and are using spreadsheets, email, sign-up sheets, and tournament software to keep track of your club, try using software that will facilitate all of that in one place in an automated way with Easy Golf League. With Easy Golf League, you get live scoring, live leaderboard, online payment structure, and automated tracking of your entire club online. Check it out at www.ez, the letter E, the letter Z, golfleague.com. So um, we've been getting amazing feedback from our listeners and more and more listeners. This is so <laughs> exciting. I know. It's great. We... Uh, we have awesome, awesome people in our lives and uh, people listening to the, the podcast. So. Yeah, I don't have hundreds of awesome people. Well, maybe I do. but Well, it, you do now. Yeah. yeah. People, I don't even know who's listening to this thing anymore. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's really, really cool. So I'm uh, taking that as positive feedback and people are liking what they're listening to, which is making this more fun. Yeah. So... Um, please share our podcast with your friends. It seems as though people are enjoying it. Um, and also, um, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes. It really makes a difference to us. Yeah, um, we like to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, it Spread seems like the love. It seems like after every episode, we get a couple of um, new um, write-ups. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, so also want to throw a shout out to our producer, Kate. Kate has been helping us produce these podcasts and kicking butt as per usual. Um, and again, she will, she's producing this podcast. So without further ado, kick it off, Kate, kick off the podcast. <laughs> Really talk real good, okay? <laughs> okay. The good news for all of our listeners is that um, we've already got through all all of the good parts, so the rest of it is just. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, we've only been talking. We've only been talking for about fifteen minutes, and we have eight minutes recorded. So we 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 missed the ushmidgen, which was really really good conversation. Um. But I, I think that, I mean, I think it's, it kind of plays into the conversation we were actually having, you know, it's like, there's really no such thing as failure. It's like you learn from it. And I think I just learned that I need to have the computer plugged in while we're doing our podcast so it doesn't <laughs> go to sleep and blow up. There you go. <laughs> but I'm not going to like sit here and dwell on it for much more than the 30 seconds that I just did right now. I'm going to get off it and we'll get into the, the conversation again. 
around uh, jewelry making you kind of got into the conversation or used to be a craft maker and then you started talking about how you know eventually you found your niche with with jewelry what is it that's so exciting about making jewelry that really gets you to wake up in the morning ah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm I don't not know. sure that that's what wakes me up <laughs> <laughs> Or keeps you up at night, or you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, that. I do actually do that at night. I did wake up at like four in the morning the other day and was like, oh, New design. <laughs> and was like, Should I get up and make it? No, I'll remember. And I was like, No, you got to think about it for a while because you won't remember. Yeah. And then I remembered. Oh, that's good. <laughs> good. You know, those great ideas that you're like, Oh, I'll totally remember that tomorrow. Uh, and then you go, Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> the best thing ever. Um, well, I started making jewelry in middle school, it was kind of a trend. Um, we had a great bead store in town and we would get together and have like jewelry. Early 20s, I got married to Corey. And um, I started managing uh, a store, a local boutique, local handmade jewelry. And um, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. So I just started making stuff and uh, started selling in three locations um, and then I just kind of kept going and like I have I think the fun thing with jewelry is I have a different way of looking at fashion than a lot of people and um, out there and so a lot of things I make are a little different than what's available um, I do make a bunch of different things, so I feel like my aesthetic is for everyone, but I, there's something, the thing that makes me excited about jewelry is making the crazy stuff, making the big stuff, making the funky stuff that no one else is doing. Um, and no, I just kept doing it. So I, I just kept feeling like this is, this is me. And as I, longer I worked at this store, which there were a lot of amazing things thought about running a store I thought oh I really want to own my own store so opportunity came up I think and um so basically and I store just like like full time since so cool yeah I don't know you know I feel like everyone has something and it may not be uh thing that they make with their fingers. Um, a lot of people are like, I just don't understand how to make stuff. And to me, that's insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't imagine my Oh, house. that's me. I, have, <laughs> I, can't, I can't make shit with my hands. Maybe a peanut butter sandwich or something. 
it's like some people craft and some people don't, but I think everybody has something that they're passionate about and whether they make it their job, it's okay to not do that. But I think that there's, everyone has something that just innately they're good at. So whether that's a sport or fishing, which I guess is a sport as well, but it's like, I you know everyone has that. My husband loves to surf. And it's like, that's the thing that wakes him up in the morning, literally. Right. Um, but I don't know. I feel like everyone has it, whether they've tapped into it in a big way. I don't know. Um, but, or make it their lifelong dream, their passion. I mean, not everyone's that, but for me, my hands are idle. It's like, be the worst. Do you think that's true? That not everybody is meant to sort of, follow their passion or live out their dreams or do you think that some people just are stifled by life and what they think is right and wrong for example like I have a, a buddy who a great artist all through junior high and high school um, and but when he went to college he went to college to become a mechanical engineer because his dad told him that he could never make art and so he went to college got his degree in mechanical engineering worked in aviation for like 15 years and now he's selling he's creating these great pieces of art and selling them for a lot of money you know and i just wonder like what how that would have played out had he just followed that from the start you know well i mean i think that i'm sure everyone is capable i'm not saying that they're not capable of making their passion their business but there is a fine line of when you make your passion your business or sometimes you start to hate your passion right, right. <laughs> and some people want their passion to be yeah. not their business because their day job I mean my, of course my husband probably would like to be a professional surfer but that that's you know I don't know he could probably make something happen if he wanted to yeah. but I think he likes that that's a release away from what he does for a living. He's also a creative. And right. so, um, and he loves being creative too. He has a lot of different passions. Um, so I don't think it's that people, I think anyone could um, want to, right. or some people don't know how. Right. Um, and I don't think either way is good or bad. Yeah. And, and because you're not doing the passion doesn't mean what you're doing is um, not valuable. Well, I used to, so along those lines, like you talk about your husband would, lo would love to be a professional surfer. I, I always would have, I would have loved to be a professional golfer, right? And I always used to think that like when I first started, you know, if I had enough money to sit on the, on the driving range for eight hours a day, five days a week, like my day job, I, I'm sure I could get good enough to become a professional golfer, but I don't, I don't have the money to invest in that in order for me to get there, right? So you know, in my mind for for years was like, well, I could never be a professional golfer. Well, you know, um, 2015, I thought of a way to become a professional golfer. I'm in these two different golf leagues and it's like everything is done manually via email and spreadsheet and clipboard sign-up sheet and, you know, this and that. It's like, in this day and age, how do they not automate that complete process? So... I took that as an opportunity to create an app for these two leagues and automate the process. And I'm in the very beginnings of it, but I have two leagues that are using my app to facilitate their golf league. And 
my dream is to turn those two leagues into 2,000 leagues and become, in my mind, a professional golfer, right? I I would love following. (laughs) Making money through golf, right? Right. So there's many different ways, like not necessarily a professional golfer on tour, right? but I'm a professional making money through golf and golf will be my job. Exactly. I totally see that. And, and like I said, I think there, I think people could take their passion and, and turn it to what they want. And, and I think it takes, it takes a village. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think, I think if there's value in, in people doing everything that they do. So whatever job you do, like there's value in what you do. It may not be the thing that lights your fire every day. Um, but I think just taking time to do the thing that you love, whether it's your job or not. Yeah. And I mean, it's a first step anyway. Yeah. And I know sometimes we reference like, you know, desk jobs or like, you know, professionals and, you know, doctors or lawyers or whatever. And that's kind of sort of leading to the fact that maybe that's not someone's passion, but who knows? Like, exactly. I know, I know people that are doctors and love it. That's why they became a doctor. Right. Right. Or, (laughs) or even, I mean, law, like for me, that sounds crazy. And like, that's not my first, (laughs) like when I say someone's following their passion that they're, you know, becoming a lawyer, but that, that very well could be, a possibility for that, you know? And so I think, I think that there may be people, you know, out there who are doing their passion or following their passion. Um, and that we kind of, that at least I don't associate that with, um, the like following your passion. A lot of the following your passion for me is like the sort of off the, off the wall or like not the typical professional, um, you know, scene of making money. Um, right. And I'm trying not to judge people in what they're like, you totally. clearly aren't following your passion. <laughs> right. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, you doctor, knows? you yeah. are not. <laughs> Hopefully the doctor's passionate about what he does. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's cutting you open. I think there's also something that I've worked on recently is, um, we spoke on this a little bit, um, before, but is really finding in whatever you're doing finding a passion in it mm-hmm. and also being yeah. the true, your true you in what you're doing. So yeah. finding a way in whatever you're doing, whether it's your true, true passion, finding a way to be yourself and really, um, not, con- not like, uh, mentalize. Yeah. That's the word I want to say. Um, <laughs> here's, I, here's how I am at work. Yeah. And here's how I am with these friends. Here's how I am with these friends. Really just being you and whatever you do. And if if you're in a job that makes you feel that you can't be you and you're doing things that you're uncomfortable with and you're not passionate about, but also they're really making you not the person you are, then maybe it's take take the time to look at, like, this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been a huge mindset change for me. Like, wow, these jobs that I've done in the past in sales when I sell my own product, I'm very passionate about being myself and it's yeah. easy and it doesn't feel cheap and it feels organic and connected. And I look back at certain 
situations or dealings with customers in the past where I'm like, gosh, I was really working at getting the sale or making more money and finding that balance of like, whoa, that isn't me. And like, yes, of course I want to make a living, but I don't want to be someone who's not connected. Totally. It's like being being fully self-expressed, right? Like yeah. being self-expressed and not, I, I guess, yeah, I like what you're saying there. Don't compartmentalize anybody else. Be yourself fully. I think it's a really natural thing that people do. Like it, whether it's natural, but I think it's normal in this day and age for people to go to work and be one person and then come home and be another person. Yeah. And this with this friend and do that with this friend. And yeah. I used to be like that really bad. Um, especially with like work and like work life and outside of work life. And to the point where like, I would say in the last year or two, I made it a point to focus on not being like that. Cause I was a super serious guy at work. And then, you know, it was myself outside of work, kind of, but it was getting a point where I was becoming so serious at work that when I would come home, I had to be, I was just super serious and it took me a while to kind of like adjust out of that. Yeah. So now I'm trying to have more fun at work and just be my normal self all the time. But it's easier said than done when you, when you put yourself into that compartment, right? But right. I, I do think that it, if you can achieve just being yourself fully 100% then that's where happiness comes from I agree and I think that that's for a lot of people where unhappiness jobs come from because you are doing not being you you're doing something you don't enjoy because you're being someone you're not and that's stressful it's stressful to keep in this act that I'm this I'm this great salesperson that you know whatever yeah I can do it all and I can take everything on and I you know I'm I'm serious go-getter. Like, well, you could be a fun go-getter, too. And you could be a normal person that yeah. does this job as well. You don't have to be this, whatever you made up in your head that you had to be to be this job. Right. Or to do this job. Yeah. That, I like that. It's a big relief once you go, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. I'm done with that. Thank you. Yeah. I don't want that anymore. Yeah. It is a big relief because it's no longer something that you have to be putting on. Like you said, an yeah. act. It's like, you know, it's just you can be who you are. And and I think that's really powerful. And you mentioned something about, um, like, working at your passion or having your passion become your work. And then sometimes it can start to feel like work, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, yeah, I think. It's if that's the case, it's it's just a mindset, you know. Because if your passion can become your work, it's just the way you're approaching it. So right. I I feel like I could approach anything, you know, a job that maybe I didn't really like, but coming from that sort of place where it's like, well, how can I how can I enjoy this? What what is missing? What is lacking that I am that's causing me to feel this like disconnect, you know? And and then sometimes it's you know just getting clear on, well, maybe I, I shouldn't be teaching that kind of class anymore, or as far as yoga goes, um, you know, or just like noticing sort of that disconnect and, and trying to get back to the true, my true self, because like you say, at that point, then it's really life giving for me and easy and organic. And I don't feel like a fake or a phony, um, which takes energy. And it's like, it sucks some of that 
that vitality out of me when I'm when I'm teaching something that I doesn't ring true to me or um, I don't know. I think there's I yes I agree. I think that there's um, thinking back to lots of different things. I think I'm now as a person to take responsibility for myself and my happiness and to say. To see my part that I played in old habits, in old jobs, and go, hmm, what was my role in my unhappiness at this place? That's major. And, <laughs> and it's a, such a good learning tool to go, huh, maybe I had something to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, yeah, no, um, no way. Like really going, oh, okay, like I can take responsibility for for my actions and how I deal with things. And and now that I've taken that responsibility and I'm taking the responsibility of feelings of being aware of where I am right now, I don't have to get in situations where I feel these ways. You totally. know, I don't have to feel taken advantage of right. because I'm not letting that happen. Or I don't have to feel bad. I don't have to... Or you know, something, somebody did something to me, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't need to feel that way. I are, you know, our bodies feel, but yeah. I don't have to take them on. Right. I can choose to say, hmm, not, I'm not engaging with this. I'm not, yeah. I'm not taking this on in my life. And that's so powerful. It's, I think. it's huge. And it's great. To, I mean, some people may think, call it dwelling in the past or whatever, but I think learning like looking back and going even from old like really old jobs where I go huh I could have handled that better I could have done this or wow this was my part in this where a lot of times we feel like uh under attack all the time like people are doing this to me you go well we're all we're all we all have our parts in how we play and choosing choosing the people we play with um, really help alleviate a lot of that distress. Yeah. It, you, you kind of said dwelling in the past, but sometimes it takes getting complete with the past to move forward yeah. as well, right? Yeah. And because otherwise, if you don't get complete with with certain things, you, you kind of bring them with you. They keep coming up. And they keep coming yeah. up. You bring them with you, but when you can get complete with them, then you're able to open up new space for what really what you want. Yeah. So. If you're not, I mean, I, there is a difference, right? There's a difference right. between dwelling in the past yeah. and completing what happened to you in the past that you were uneasy with. To begin with but. Right. And sometimes that takes a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, it takes a long time to, like, go, oh, to let go of, like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was holding this hurt for some reason. Yeah. And really, I had a part to play in it. To figure it out and. Absolutely. And I, I think the part of you saying taking ownership of that is like, that's a huge part of it for me is um, not playing the victim card or the victim role, which yeah. is like my go to. Right. <laughs> um, and just by by habit, I guess it's become that has been be, kind of become the thing that I go to is like, this happened to me, I had no control over it pity me, poor me, you know, feel bad for me, help me out. Um, 
And it is the most, it has been the most liberating thing to uh, sort of look back and just, and take ownership of, of that part of my life or, um, or just even taking ownership of the fact that that's kind of one of the things that I run on myself is like, you know, and keep, keep ourselves from really getting big. Yeah. Oh, totally. It helps us keep us small. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't be successful because this, this, and this. Yeah. And it's really, I'm, me or you, you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. Oh, well, done with that. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I've learned recently is that there's actually a cost that comes from, like, there's a cost and a benefit. Like, the benefit is that it's safe. I get love from people. Um, I get support and attention by playing the victim or, um, or there's drama in my life, which makes it interesting. I don't know. There's, there's this, the benefits I can kind of tap into are, are along those lines, but the costs, which are kind of have been blind to me for a while when I've been running that, that whole thing is, you know, just truly being able to step into a place of power and empowerment for myself and empowering other people um, and sort of being liberated from this this idea that the outside world has that much control over me. You know, like this happened to me and now I'm this way. And it's like, okay, that may have happened to me, whatever it is, but I'm I'm also not going to let that define me or – um, like you were saying, kind of, I'm not going to, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that it's really powerful just taking ownership of, of your part or our parts, um, in our lives, you know, that made me think of, um, you said that there's a, there's a payout and there's a cost and that the support mm-hmm. and I think we can live that without cost. Right. What? That's mind blowing. It's yeah. like, like oh, I can just ask for support when I need it, as right. opposed to making up a story or like creating a story. <laughs> yeah. Not making up, but like, yeah. oh, I created this thing to happen so people will love me. Yeah. And totally. I, I've done that. Like, I follow, I've really worked over the years of not doing that with my husband. He uh, owns in the like, passive role. Right. And which is hard. It's hard to get out of those little like chasing games. Oh my gosh. And I think that a lot of the times we're blind to them, like without doing some reflection and, and looking back on some patterns and, and repetitive complaints that come up in our lives. It's like, they're kind of in the, like on our sidelines, we just are, that's how we've learned to manage our life. And that's how we've learned how to ask for what we need or get what we need in order to feel like we're surviving. Um, But yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's so liberating and powerful to just be able to kind of release that and, uh, yeah. Well, we take it so seriously too, right? Like we put so much meaning behind certain things and when they, when those things happen, for example, you know, oh, I, I, I stubbed my toe and, oh, well that thing shouldn't have been there, you know, like why did somebody put that there? I'm so upset, right? Or, you know, but you just put so much meaning behind certain things or this other person really hurt, hurt my feelings and that person's a bad person because they hurt my feelings. But when it, when it boils down to it, it's like, what, what does hurt feelings mean? Like, you know, what, 
who, who made that, right? You made that. Uh, yeah. You you decided that that's what hurt feelings meant and that it means something bad to you and all of that. And, and really when it boils down to it, we made it all up, right? I mean, like, and so if you, if you, I don't know, maybe that's, I don't know how many people would resonate with that thought, but that's how I feel, like, from a philosophical standpoint on life, we made this whole thing up. And if you can kind of get behind that, then it's like, well, if, if that's true and you can really truly get behind that and believe that, well, why wouldn't we make something up that was, you know, more uplifting and more powerful and more, you know, rather than, like, you kind of talk about it, like, make ourselves big rather than make ourselves small. And I, and I think it's, we don't make up the feelings, we make up the story. Yeah, right. like, because I feel like, feel, feel like, um, <laughs> but feelings are gut reactions. Like, you can't change how you feel about something, but you can change the story. Like, when someone hurts your feelings, instead of taking it out on them and having a vendetta for the rest of your life, you can, <laughs> did they even know they did it? Right. Was it even meant to be this way? It's like how you take something and how someone gives it to you isn't always the same. Yeah. Um, and choosing choosing battles and choosing, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt or whatever. So, and, and also recognizing your feelings sooner than later help you move through them a lot faster. Yeah. That's been a huge thing. Like, I move through things so much quicker these days than I used to. I don't, I can metabolize it so much quicker than I see it moving. Yeah. I think, too, that feelings are, are just sensations, right? Like you were saying, it's like there is a bodily reaction that right. happens when someone, when you wouldn't kind of, quote, unquote, hurt someone's feelings or we get our feelings hurt. There is that, like, gut turning sort of sweaty palm or heartbeat you know but I think like you were saying it's this story that we build around those sensations whereas for me like and this is something I kind of try to teach too is just getting in touch with those sensations right and like noticing them and okay identifying it okay so I've got a, a rapid heartbeat maybe my breath is you know going a little bit faster maybe my you know, my stomach is feeling a little uneasy, but what is that really? It's just, they're just sort of, it's biology, you know? It's yeah. not that, the, like, grip of someone else, you know? It's just, right. it's, that's, the rest is sort of just the story, and it's just allowing for for you to feel those feelings. So how, how do you metabolize them faster now? Like, what are, what has changed for you, or what? One of the things. but having a support but um, I think often for a second and popped out um, I think there's an awareness that I don't allow others to um, well I guess the term is I don't allow others to source my safety so I source my safety. So yeah. when someone says something to me, I and I get hurt by it, and create a huge story around it, I'm allowing them to take away my safe spot. Like I'm I'm giving 
their opinion power over how I feel about life. Right. And when I, now I go, okay. I usually see, I go to humor. I think about it. I try to see it as humor. I Often I say things aloud. And I also, if someone convinces me in it, and I say it aloud, and I hear how silly it sounds. Right. Um, there's also kind of physical movements. Like I'll work through how I felt. Like the other day I did a whole um, Kanye West <laughs> situation where I was running around going, can't tell me nothing. <laughs> that's, that's how I felt. I was like, I that don't. That is awesome. <laughs> I, was like, I don't want your opinion. Thank you very much. Um, and so then cool. I felt so much better. Like I was like, oh, okay. Like I totally let this person's opinion make me go through this shame spiral of like, God, I suck. I didn't do it right. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And it had nothing to do. It like. Really, this person's opinion, it didn't have anything to do with that. It was actually, it wasn't even a slight against me, but I made it something that it, that was so much bigger. Um, but I worked through it by talking about it and also seeing it as humorous and actually kind of acting it out. Yeah. So I think those are those are huge and, and things. And acting for it me. out as Kanye West. Yes. That <laughs> yes. Is, so I've now I've now realized that Kanye West is <laughs> he he is the kind of person that um accepts their own genius and likes to tell people yeah. about it and yeah. also you can't tell him nothing yeah, so. i love it so yeah so i think that that's how i've learned to i don't let others force my safety yeah and that's huge because i think we let i think it's a big thing we do like everyone else defines our success, our opinions of ourselves. Yep. Oh, they don't like what I'm wearing, or they think my hair is whatever, or you know, they don't like my car, or I'm not. I live in a small house, and you know, this person is going to think this about me, and it's like, yeah, like really, like I have an amazing life. I have an amazing husband. We live in a great place. Like. Nothing is bad. Like, I don't know why I let others fool me. Yeah. Really, just knowing that, huge pressure off, and it helps, like, work through those things so much faster. Yeah. That's really, that's really powerful stuff. And I think, um, for something that you said in that, like, the source of your safety, and I think that goes for... And I, I didn't make that up, so I learned that from someone else. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to coin that. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's okay, that's okay. I, I just, I that really, that resonates with me, and I think that we can be the source of so much, yeah. and that is, I think, the human genius. Yeah. just as a whole like anybody can source whatever they need to source they they are their own source um but for some reason we grow up and and sort of society and um i don't know all of, you know what it is but somehow we start to think that the source of happiness the source of 
success is outside of us. It's, it's these, very external. Yeah, super external. Yeah. And to sort of bring it back to yourself, that is like, that's well, really amazing. we grow up with parents taking care of us. So we often look to them. Sure. To, I mean, you grow up looking to them to take care of you. Yeah. But there is a point that you become an adult and you, <laughs> you have to take care of yourself. But we, there's a little bit of a communication breakdown where no one told us that we have to be that for ourselves. Right. Eventually. And that doesn't mean we can't have support groups. Oh, we totally. Can't, we, we need people. Yeah. We need people as humans. But we don't need them to define ourselves. Right. You know, we don't need them. We are who we are. And we don't need them to tell us every little detail of every little thing. Like, we're amazing people. We have innate abilities. And, you know, and, and want to show that to them. Right. And to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I think to ourselves is a big one, for sure. I think realizing that in myself has been the starting point of that, you know. Then be able to show that to the world, show that to other people, and to open myself up to being vulnerable and um, trying to, you know, express myself fully and everything. But it it all starts from then. Come through I've met you of life changing stuff and also being afraid of what people thought. Yeah. Um, of, yeah. Of your life decisions. Talking about that. Big and time. Like, yeah. What a huge step that was for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, I think it's still a struggle and. It's just, it doesn't have to be a struggle. I'm starting to get better at, at looking at it as not being a struggle. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, a big part of it for me as was... a snuggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> did we just turn a struggle into a snuggle? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Heather did. That's incredible. Okay, well, speaking of snuggles, I just looked at... Uh, BuzzFeed had something on uh, professional snuggling. Is it? Oh thing. my god, that sounds like my worst night. I know. <laughs> Isn't that kind of creepy? So you sign like a oh, waiver, oh. like this is not going to get sexual. So you sign the line, and then you go into a room, and someone snuggles you and pets nope. your hair. <laughs> nope, take me off the mailing yeah. list. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I like that. That's a new one. <laughs> Struggle into a, a snuggle. snuggle. <laughs> so. Kind of, that was really <laughs> to bring it back to like Mallory and she was actually really inspiring um, to me when she came to me and was like, I don't like my desk job. I can't sit behind a desk all day. I want to like get out and talk to people and get in front of people. And so I think I want to become a yoga teacher and which was just very clear, right? The communication was very clear. So it was really easy for me to kind of get behind her and support that. But through that, she inspired me to have confidence in, like, this app that I'm creating and getting out there and going and doing something rather than, you know, what my history was, sitting behind a desk and making money. Because I make make really good money sitting behind a desk. So there's, in my mind, there's a ton of risk to put, you know, put myself out there. 
to do this new thing, but watching her be so successful in such a short amount of time, you know, and have that, um, what is it just, I don't know what the right word is, but perseverance or what, you know, whatever it is to keep, to keep at it, um, was inspiring me, was very inspirational to me to go do this thing. And I, I know she has her struggles and, and I go through my struggles too, but because I'm able to watch her and, and I've actually, you know, learned some techniques myself. It's like, you know, whenever I get into that hard spot of it's not working the way I'm, or it's not going as fast as I want it to, or it's not working, you know, as, as, as good as I want it to or whatever it, I am able to quickly get out of that because I kind of see her go through that and come out of it. Um, but I, I would say that if I didn't witness Mallory kind of go through her change and be as successful as she has through that, and also, um, you know, have learned the tools that I've recently learned, I mean, I probably would have, would have quit this golf app thing many, many times over, you know? Yeah. Well, but so, support. Yeah. Support yeah. Support is important, whether it's yeah. your wife or externally, other people. I mean important to have like-minded people to play with to help you keep moving i mean i think i don't know if i've said this yet but doing your own thing is hard it's (laughs) not like saying that your passion is not work doing it for a living it is work oh yeah it's a lot of work but it feels different and sometimes it is really really hard and there's disappointment and heartache but like you're doing something you love it's different so you're saying you're you're saying that making jewelry isn't just this automatic money making cash cow machine huh. <laughs> <laughs> no it is i'm a millionaire <laughs> do you have, have to you, say have you created some possibility of a dream where you are a millionaire uh, making jewelry mogul it's funny um that really isn't my goal um and I think that's a lot of people's thought process in, like, success is, like, got to be a huge moneymaker or not successful. And at this point, I don't mentally know how to make it work that way for how I run my business. Um, but it also doesn't have to be the truth either, right? No, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, and maybe I'll change my mind later. Like, I mean, I change my mind all the time. so. Um, you know, I, I do all sorts of different things in my business to make money and, uh, some I enjoy more than others. And then certain things, if I don't enjoy them, I don't do them. Um, and I don't know, I think it's like a constant, I've learned that I don't like to be told what to do and I don't, um, like to follow the rules. And so I've recently come to terms with the fact which in in a positive way is that how I want like I don't have to follow the timeline that everyone does I don't have to follow the fashion rules I don't have to okay I've got there's four seasons I have I have this done every four times a year I gotta have it ahead two years ahead I gotta have my line sheets out I gotta go to shows I gotta do this that and the other thing that doesn't really work for me I don't enjoy that I don't ever really see myself doing that if I did do that, I'd probably just make a template for it and sell it. Right. Because what I love is actually making it. 
Yeah. And when you get to the point that mass producing things, it's not what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to I want to throw something out there. You can okay. you can take it or leave okay, it. Okay, I just I, I created this um, possibility for you to become this huge mogul in in jewelry and yeah. very boutique jewelry. Yes. Just you you reach out to Kanye West. <laughs> you, you get him on board. Yes. You you may have to deal with with Kim in the in the mix. I don't know if you like her or not. I but, love Kim. So you reach out to him. Mm-hmm. He gives a piece of your jewelry to her like for uh you know valentine's day mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you go from selling your piece, i don't know how much you sell your pieces for but i'm gonna make up that you sell them for a hundred dollars to ten thousand dollars because kanye's and kim kanye's using it to give to kim and kim's like kim. boom kim yang i could definitely if i wanted to make my stuff out of like gold like solid gold i could pop up the prices just don't have that investment but yes i mean there is that get among celebrities sort of mentality that people do i mean if if kanye yes you're right you're right if kanye came into a store that sold <laughs> my stuff and organically grabbed one and was like yo kim where the- <laughs> 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 oh God, i'm telling you <laughs> like that would be great but. I'm putting it out there in the universe. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. Make it happen, Kevin. We, we do live in Santa Barbara, so it's not That's far-fetched. True. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I've met some celebrities. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Big names. Well, so we're at 50 minutes. We had a great conversation. About seven, minute of it, seven mm-hmm. minutes of it kind of got chunked out, but yeah. I think we have plenty of conversation here to have a really good podcast, so, I mean... Uh, we don't want to keep you all night, but we're having a really good, fun conversation. It could be fun to do a slumber party podcast. Oh Throwing nice. it out there. All right, there you go. We may need to get a few more mics for that. <laughs> we definitely need, I think we at least need to invest in one more. One mic. more. Because this, you and I are going back and forth. We, we, although we do it pretty well. I kind of like it, though. It's fun to watch. Like, fighting over it. <laughs> Give it to me. So, um, anyway, thank you, Heather, for joining us. It was yeah. a really good conversation. Yeah, thanks, Heather. It was a pleasure. Well, I appreciate it. You want to plug your, uh, your, oh, well, your brand? I, yeah, my brand is... Do you have a website? I do. It's specialportland.com. It has links to my... That's like a blog. Um, I will be switching over to Special Handmade soon. Um, I used to live in Portland. I don't now, but that is my website. And it yeah. links to my online e-commerce. And you've got... Your handle is for, like, Instagram and stuff. Well, Instagram right now, I have, uh, follow me at Heather Hauser, okay. H-O-U-S-E-R. It's the best yeah. one. I'm also on Facebook for that. I do yeah. have a special Portland page. Heather Hauser. All, okay. those, all those options are good. And then if you follow me on one of those, you'll figure out where I'm at after that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Talk about a hole in my... Um...